Welcome to Tax Boss. I'm Meryl Bailey in Orlando, Florida. And I'm Crystal Woodbury in Denver, Colorado. We're each licensed as attorneys and CPAs. We help our clients get the best results because we work well with their trusted advisors. Tax Boss is a podcast for advisors from multiple professions to get together to discuss common client issues and how we can work together to solve them. Crystal, I had a client come in the other day. She's in her early 80s. She is sharp as a tack. She's just adorable. Oh, God, she just reminded me of my mom, and I miss my mom so much. But she wants everything to go, when she dies, to her adult children. She had a life insurance policy. She had a retirement plan. She had a homestead, and she had a checking account. I told her, I asked her if there were any, you know, if any of her children had any type of bad marriage situations, was anybody having any type of substance abuse issues? And she said, no, her estate is not enough to rock the world of anyone, but it's enough that her children are going to be very thankful that their mother was such a good custodian of her funds. And I explained to her that we really did not need to spend a lot of time on legal documents and a lot of money on legal documents that I could get her from point A to point B using beneficiary designations and payable on death designations. What do you think of that? I like that as a planning tool in limited situations. I think the facts have to be um, favorable and and some of the issues I look at are if you, to me, if you have one child and the child is in a good financial position, in a good marriage, stable, doesn't have um, special needs issues or children with special needs issues, I think that planning outside of a will through beneficiary designations and payable on death and beneficiary deeds can make a lot of sense. But I do think those situations are limited. I think it's important that if you have multiple children and you plan this way, your children get along and have a good relationship. Because if you have three children inheriting a homestead, they all three have to agree on what to do with that when you pass away. Um, and, And that can be tricky at times. I agree. I think there are very specific situations where it works. It's just yet another tool in our box of yes. ways to solve client problems. And again, this is this is a very modest estate. Yes. And the cost of doing a will-based plan or a trust-based plan really was going to cost more in her case than it was worth to get to the same place. So when we're talking about beneficiary designations and payable on death designations, there are, I make a quadrant. I have a quadrant that I, I use with clients. I call it the asset action plan. And it shows, I take all of their assets and I put them into the quadrant of, they own it with someone else that's joint tenants with rights of survivorship, meaning that when one dies, the other one gets the asset. The other quadrant is assets that have beneficiary designations or are payable on death. So it would be life insurance or retirement plans have beneficiary designations, or they could have a bank account that says payable on death to Laura. The third quadrant is anything that is in their own name, does not have a beneficiary designation, 
does not have a payable on death designation, is not joint with anyone else with rights of survivorship, so that asset would go through probate. Mm -hmm. And the fourth quadrant is if they have a revocable living trust, the things that are titled in there. And what I tell the clients is if I can get all of the assets out of the probate box mm -hmm. by moving them either up to joint tenants with rights of survivorship or payable on death or with a beneficiary designation, then we can make it so that when they die, all the assets will avoid probate. Mm -hmm. They don't need a trust and they can get where they're going to get. But it will not solve the problem if we have special needs trusts or we're looking for asset protection for the next generation. Right. And, and I think that there are certain assets that could be tricky. Business ownership, if you own a business, um, there are ways to transfer that on death. But is that the best for the business? Versus having yeah, a wind-up Yeah, but that plan. wouldn't generally be a situation where this would be an appropriate discussion. Correct, correct. It's generally with our older clients yes. that have adult children and or an adult sibling that everything's going to very well-defined people yes. who are also adults and do not have creditor problems, marital problems, drug problems, drinking right. problems that are, you know, like solid citizens going to solid citizens and it's not a whole bunch of money. Right. And I, and I think, too, the conversation to have is, yes, we can avoid the need for a will, but you still need power of attorney documents. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. Because if you're going to do estate planning like this, you still need to be very vigilant because if you open up another bank account and you don't make sure it's payable on death, then now we've got a probate asset yes. and we don't want to do that. And we're going through the intestacy court. Um, but because you don't have a trust-based plan, your durable power of attorney, which is the document that allows someone to step in your shoes and handle your affairs for you, becomes vital. But yes. everyone age 18 and over should have a general durable power of attorney. Yes. yes. And a really good one, not one that you bought at the local box office store. Right. Right. So in summary, Merrill, there are situations where clients will come in and we can do the type of planning they want without a will-based or revocable trust-based plan. Yes. However, I've also had situations where their other advisors have told them to use beneficiary designations and payable on death designations to avoid probate when I have a very carefully thought out trust-based plan that is leaving wealth to asset protection trusts or special needs trusts for their children, and I don't want those screwed up. So I have to be really careful with that. And, and again, that's why it's so important if you have multiple advisors, you have your attorney, your CPA, your financial advisor, that they are talking to each other to make sure everybody understands what the plan is, what the goal is, and how to get there. Right. It, that's absolutely a communication issue because the financial advisor that's saying, oh, we can just slap a payable on death designation and avoid everything ha is trying to do trying to be helpful, yes. but they don't understand some of the other things that they the client may not have been careful my, my client may not have been comfortable telling them, well, my daughter's in a bad marriage and I don't want her to right. inherit outright. So right. they're thinking they're saving uh, time and money when actually they're screwing up other things that they don't know anything about. So it's so helpful to have your advisors speak with each other. Yes. So the whole point of Tax Boss Podcast <laughs> is so that we'll all speak to each other. Yes, yes. That's it for this episode of Tax Boss. Remember, spectacular trusted advisors play nice in the sandbox with their peers. Find your A-team and collaborate with them. 
Until next time, I'm Crystal Woodbury. And I'm Meryl Bailey. Thanks for joining us. Go dazzle your clients like a tax boss. Please contact us at Tax Boss. We'd love to hear your questions or have you tell us about ideas that you would like us to discuss. Find us at our website, www.taxbosses.com. That's T-A-X-B-O-S-S-E-S.com.